asking the Lord about what to do the next few weeks. And I felt like the Lord said, uh, do something on what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church, uh, particularly saying to the church today. Uh, and, you know, and that's kind of almost cliched. So I, I thought, uh, yeah, I don't know that I want to do that. But uh, uh, as soon as I did that, five things that the Holy Spirit was saying to the church came into my mind. Um, and so I thought, okay, uh, I'm going to give this a shot and, and see, see what happens. And so, uh, so that's what we're going to do tonight and uh, the next four weeks after this. Uh, what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church might go a little bit longer than that, but uh, it could take us to the point where we're out of this building because that time is coming soon and something for everybody to keep uh, praying about and praying on a bit. Uh, but uh, before I go into what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church, let's pray. Uh, Father God, we do thank you for this night. I thank you that you've called us together uh, and drawn us together in this place. Uh, and so, Father, I do pray that uh, you'd help me to communicate clearly what you are saying. I pray, Father, that I would not communicate what's in my own heart or my own mind, uh, but I could communicate clearly what you say, what your word is saying in this time, in this season. Uh, and so, Lord, we give this up to you. We give this time to you. And I pray that you'd speak and speak clearly now uh, to the glory and praise of Jesus. For we pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So the first thing that came into my mind, you know, when I was saying, Lord, okay, if you're doing what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church today, uh, what is it? What are you saying to the church? Uh, and the first thing was this, no compromise, but be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. I think the Holy Spirit is saying to the church, no compromise, but be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Wise as serpents and innocent as doves. We know the wise as serpent. It comes from Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. It says this, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheeps, as sheeps, as sheep in the midst of wolves. But so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Now, so Jesus was telling his disciples, he was sending them out into the world in a place where they were being sent out like sheep, but they're going out in the midst of wolves, those that like to eat sheep, devour sheep. Uh, and it really rings true with what is happening to the church today. I think the Lord is sending us out, uh, sending us out on the streets, uh, sending us out to take risks and things. And, and it is really like sending us out as sheep amongst wolves. And so the only way he knew that they could survive is if they were both crafty as a serpent and innocent as a dove. Crafty as a serpent. We've got to be wise. We've got intelligence. We've got to strategize. Uh, a, a lot of times, uh, a lot of Christians today don't think strategically. They just react from the hip uh, and they don't see really where they're going uh, and if you're not thinking ahead, if you're not thinking longer term, you can easily fall victim to the traps of the enemy. Uh, so we have to be crafty, we have to be wise, but at the same time, we have to be innocent. I know uh, quite a number of Christians today that uh, have a real rebellious attitude in their heart when it comes to government, when it comes to church government, when it comes to civic government, uh, when it comes to business leadership, 
there's a real rebelliousness uh, in people's hearts. There's a brashness uh, amongst many Christians today, a kind of an in-your-faceness uh, that's not translating well um, for people. Uh, and so we have to be, Jesus was saying, we have to be as crafty as serpents, but as innocent as doves. But the first part of that was no compromise. No compromise. Uh, and that's speaking of James chapter 4, verses 1 to 10. And I'm going to read those for you. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Now understand, James is speaking exclusively to Christians. James is not talking to non-Christians in this passage. And by the way, I'm going to read more in the passage. But James is saying that the reason there are fights in the church, the reason that Christians don't get along, uh, the reason that Christians don't get answers to prayer is because they're coveting, they're wanting stuff that doesn't belong to them. Uh, they're going after their passions. They're not following the Holy Spirit. Uh, and the, the problem is that people who are following their passions will always blame it on the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I've seen this for three decades now. People who say, well, God has told me this and I have to do it. I absolutely have to do this. And they step out, and it's not God that told them, it's their passions. It's their own feelings that are coming up within them. And, uh, and so we have to be on our guard, because ultimately what that leads to is the next part of the, pa the passage. You adulterous people. Boy, that's harsh. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So what is happening is a lot of worldliness is entering the church. So people think that they're doing the Christian thing, but what they're doing is that they're just consuming Christianity. What they're doing is just going after their own passions their own desires, trying to meet their own needs. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody leave a church because they say, well, it wasn't meeting my needs. You know, it's just, you know, it's just about me. Well, frankly, that's selfishness and self-centeredness because it's not about your needs. It's never been about your needs. It's about Jesus and glorifying Jesus. And so Christians are compromising with the world. And they're compromising with the world, not only in that way, but because as well, because we have the fear of man, uh, we're giving in to the worldly opinions about various social issues of the day. Uh, and in the end, we're compromising the gospel. And there's a lot of Christians now, for example, a lot of people who claim to be Christians who do not believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father. 
And yet Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. It's clear that Jesus is the only way. And if you say Jesus is not the only way, you make Jesus to be a liar. So we must not compromise. No compromise, but be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Let's continue in James. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? God is jealous for us. He wants to be the center of our commitment, of our affections. He's jealous for us. But, and this is good news, but he gives more grace. So God is not dealing with this in a harsh and judgmental way. He's giving us grace. So when we mess up, we can get back up and keep going. We don't have to quit. So no compromise. Be wise as serpents, innocent as doves. Therefore it says, continuing in James, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If you want grace, you need to humble yourself before God. And if you're walking in pride, if you're walking in arrogance, if you think your opinion is the right one, or that your ways is the best ways, or that you're better than somebody else in some way, listen, God is opposed to you. Even if you're his child, God is opposed to you. That should terrify us. No compromise. No compromise. So what do we do? We follow what James says. He says, therefore, submit yourselves to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So we must submit. We must surrender completely to God. Christianity is not about making a commitment. Christianity is not about making a sacrifice except Jesus' sacrifice, which only he could make. Christianity is about an, an unconditional surrender to God and his leadership in your life, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's what it means to submit yourself to God. Unconditionally surrender to God and God's ways in your life. Then we can resist the devil, and the promise is he will flee from us. And then, speaking to us here in the house of prayer, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. There's a promise here. As we are drawing near to God here in the house of prayer, God is drawing near to us. That's by his grace. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So what do we do? How do we cleanse our hands? We repent. We turn away from our sins. And we need. how do we purify our hearts? To purify our hearts is not getting rid of the sin in our heart. It's getting rid of the duplicity in our heart. It's getting rid of the duplicity, the compromise in our hearts. That's what purify your hearts. How do we know that? Because he says you double-minded. What's the idea of the double-minded person? The double-minded person is the person who's sitting on the fence. The double-minded person is the person who says, well, I like Jesus and I want to follow Jesus, But boy, all these things in the world are pretty nice too. That's double-minded. We're not 100% committed to God, but we're not 100% committed to the world. We're trying to bounce back and forth uh, on various opinions, uh, but it never works. 
You know, it would be about like me being married to my wife and constantly, uh, you know, thinking, well, I could be married to this person or I could be married to this person or I could be married. I don't do that. That's, that's a bad idea because that would make me double-minded and I'm not a double-minded husband. I love my wife and her alone uh, and it's till death do us part, even if she has to kill me to make that happen. No, okay. You know, I, at least I'm not saying at least if I have to kill her to make that happen. I mean, that's, you know, because I would not do that. I'd pay somebody to do it. But uh, no, I wouldn't even do that. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I know it's being recorded. I know it's being recorded. But everybody knows my heart, that I love my wife very much. And I am not double-minded. And then he says, be wretched, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. What, what's he saying here? He's saying, you know, we need to take our sin seriously and we need to see our hearts seriously. And if we're compromising, we should be sad about that. We shouldn't be laughing about it. We shouldn't be partying about it. We need to be sad about it so that we change our hearts and we're not double-minded. We're not bouncing back and forth because we need to humble ourselves before the Lord and the promises that He will exalt us. That's a powerful scripture. I encourage you to study it. But the basic message here that the Lord is saying to us, to His people, and to the church generally right now in this hour is no compromise, but be wise as serpents and innocent as doves because we're entering into a dangerous time to be a Christian, even in the West. So we must be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your ways. Uh, thank you for all the ways that you speak to us and the power of your Holy Spirit. Now, as we go back into worship, as we go back into prayer, I pray that you would guide us for the remainder of our time here together. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we love you and we praise you and we honor you. Amen.